Hey everyone, this is Ashley Latecki Ellenboss with Skyhouse Herb School and Apothecary, and I'm here today to continue my discussion of sobriety. And today I'm going to talk about sobriety and association and really right association and what that means, how we can work with that. I also have some ideas for ways to incorporate plants into this work. So you might find that interesting. Uh, this is also my first video here with my new haircut. I hope you like it. I love it. It feels so good to have my hair short. So uh, yeah, I know in the last one, I was like, I'm doing something big. I'm cutting my hair. And then some people were like, well, you didn't even really cut it. And I'm like, I cut 12 inches. It was down to here. It was down to my waist. So um, it may not be a shortcut, but it's short for me. So uh, anyway, thank you for everyone who was very supportive because it was so nice to hear uh, your comments to say, go for it and do it. And uh, I'm glad I did. All right. So now on to today's subject. Um, but before I do that, I was told by someone to say, please subscribe, please like this video if you do, and please share it with a friend. Um, I don't typically do that, but um, I'd love to have more people follow me so that they can hear the work of the plants and the work that I am here to share with you. So please do that if you can. And now let's talk about sobriety and association. So I, I want to say this about sobriety, that I know it's not a path for everyone. It's a hard path, especially living in this world where society, you know, really wants us to be inebriated all the time. And I'm not just talking about substances, but the media, the news. I mean, there's all of these things that keep us inebriated in some way. And my teacher, Rukmini Davy Dasi, a Rukmini Walker, who I've been interviewing in other shows, you can listen to those um, on my channel. Um, she says that we all have a God-sized hole that we're trying to fill. And I just love that. And I feel like with addiction, that's exactly it. There is a God, God-sized hole or God-shaped hole that is just in everyone's heart. And we're just doing whatever we can to try to fill that hole. And we use substances and relationships and our work, whatever it is, to try to fill that hole. And it's only God-sized and God-shaped. So the only thing that can really fill it is that is God. And, um, and I know for those of you who are not religious, like I'm not preaching here religion. I'm just saying like in terms of, of a context that I think for a lot of us that are seeking sobriety, when we find something like AA, uh, Al-Anon, NA, um, ACA, or adult, adult children of alcoholics, you know, when we find these groups and we see that there is an underlying cohesive um, spiritual message, it's actually very, very comforting. And it's very helpful to be like, oh, this is, this is a problem that I have to seek a higher I have to seek a higher power for help with. This isn't, this isn't something that I can do on my own, which is part of this idea of association. And it's also something that I can't do without plugging into a larger network. And, um, and there's so many different networks out there. It's just, you have to find one that's big enough to fill that hole. So, uh, so yeah, so, so to talk a little bit about association here and, you know, all of these different groups that people join to support the sobriety um, is so important. It's such a cornerstone, I think, of, of really any path of recovery is finding people who are also on the path. And this can just be really tremendously helpful. But 
Before we dive into what is helpful, I want to talk a little bit about also what is harmful because they actually exist together. And sometimes we don't realize that some of the things that we're doing, how they're actually really taking us off the path of sobriety. And when I say sobriety, I don't even mean, you know, for those of you listening, maybe you're not hundred percent sober, but maybe you're trying to use less substances, right? Maybe it's just like, you're just, you know, trying to be more conscious of what you take in. So even then who you surround yourself with matters. And I wanted to ask you this question. Think about who you associated with in high school. What, what was the group like that you spent the most time with in high school? Like what were their, what, what was the common interest? Like what was the thing that you had in common with these people? And so for some of you, it might've been like sports. Maybe you were on a team together or you all played sports. Maybe for some of you, you were, had art in common or you had music or if you were me, you had the Grateful Dead and drugs as your common culture and trying to, uh, you know, screw the system, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever, whatever group you were in, though, there was a common there was a commonality. And so the, the, the definition of the word association is um, an organized body of persons with a common purpose. So in high school, there was an organized body of people with a common purpose. And, uh, and that fit what you were also likely interested in or what you ended up getting swept along with. And, uh, and so that's, I think that's just such an interesting thing to, to notice and to think about how that association really influenced your daily activities, like how much homework you did, how much you practiced, you know, what did you do when you were out of school in your leisure time? What, what did your weekends look like? Right. And so who you hung out with, really impacted that. So now let's think about right now. Think about who do you associate with now? If you're like me, it's the bubble of my family. It's my husband and my two kids. <laughs> That's kind of like my main association bubble. Um, but for those of you, you might also think about who do you work with? What is the culture like at your workplace? And what is the common purpose of the people you work with. And I was thinking about when I was, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the restaurant industry. My dad was in the restaurant industry. So when I was young, I started working at a pizza place. Then I started waiting tables and I waited tables through college and the restaurant industry, like that whole culture is about, you know, let me serve you. It's all service. And then it's also like afterwards, let's party. So there was this like service, happy, make cash, and then go to the go to the club, go to the bar. And that's pretty much what everyone did at every restaurant that I ever worked at. Um, so, you know, you can think about, well, what is the culture and what is the shared sort of purpose and um, interests of the people that you work with? And is that healthy? I was just talking to a client. Um, I know I'm not supposed to be seeing clients because I'm on sabbatical, but she's a friend. So, <laughs> so um, you know, I was, I was talking with her and her workplace. She was just describing the people, the type of interactions. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that this is the group that you're associating with right now. Let's think about what are some options? You know, how can you disassociate or dissociate from that behavior? You might not be able to leave the job, but what parts of the culture can you dissociate from? So we, we talked a lot about that. 
Now, other groups that you might associate with might be special interest groups, and this might be sports teams, or if you have craft hobbies, like maybe herbalism, you've got your herbal people, or if you're in astrology, you're, you've got your astrology crew, right? So these are people with shared interests. Maybe there's parent groups, because if your children's schooling, religious groups, spiritual groups, right? So we have all these different groups. But what we want to think about is, if, especially when we're talking about here about sobriety, is how does this impact our ability to stay sober? And I want to read to you the definition of the word sober, because I think this is really helpful. Sober means moderate in desires or actions, temperate and restrained. So there's nothing about substances in that definition of sober, but it's certainly, I think, qualities that we would all like to see in ourselves, moderate in desires and actions, temperate, and being able to restrain ourselves. And then we see also that sober means abstaining from strong drink. Um, and we see the word sobre in French, which, mean, which means decent, to be a decent person. To be sobre is to be decent. So I think that's something that we, we aspire to. So what association can help us be more of that type of person? Um, there was a quote that I wanted to share with you because this is really interesting in the boot, in the path of Buddhism, one of the preliminary steps before you engage in the eight, eightfold path of Buddhism is right association. So even before, you know, you start in the eightfold path, you have to associate yourself and surround yourself with the right people. That's, that's the precursor. And so here's what they say that training for a life of the spirit is made less arduous if you can be with others who seek the same things. So as we think about all of these social groups we're in, are they seeking the same highest things, the same highest tastes, right? Or are they, they bringing out our lower tastes and our lower actions? And, you know, I remember, you know, when I think, into, think back to high school and I think of all these friends I had, they weren't bad people. They were really nice, good people. Well, maybe not all nice, but mostly good. <laughs> I say that about my dog too. I'm like, she's mostly good. So my friends, I think, you know, they were, they were mostly good. Um, but there as a group, we brought out the worst in one another. Uh, we brought out really impulsive behavior, reckless behavior, um, just all sorts of behaviors that, that really were not, elevating any of us. They were actually bringing us down. So when we think about the, the, the circles we're in, are any of them bringing us down? Are they actually bringing out our lower desires and enhancing the qualities that we don't want? Um, and it doesn't mean that, that they, they're bad people. And it doesn't mean you have, to, you have to close them out of your life. It just means that you need to be more aware of yourself when you're in those situations or around those people. And I, you know, I was thinking about the holidays and with family, right? Like we just had Easter holiday and um, thankfully my family's perfect. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I've got a really good family and, and the, the, the gathering was very smooth, but I was just thinking, you know, in families in general, because um, I know my family listens to this <laughs> too, <laughs> um, but I know in general that, you know, family can be triggering. So, you know, if you are getting together in a family gathering and there's a lot of drinking, right? And it can just be, you know, social, everyone's relaxing. Just notice what that does to the energy and to the level of conversation in that group. And what if you are the sober person? How does that change 
you know, the overall energy of that group. And I, I wanted to read another quote to you. This one I really liked from um, um, uh, Houston Smith. He's a leading scholar of religious studies. He says, health is contagious as, or sorry, health is as contagious as disease, virtue as contagious as vice, and cheerfulness as contagious as moroseness. So if we are, you know, when we're in an environment, you know, the, the thing that I think of too is not only am I being influenced by those around me, but I have the capacity to influence others too. So if I choose in that situation to not have a drink, then I have the possibility of also being health and, you know, having cheerfulness and like having a certain type of energy that can also influence the group. And, you know, in small ways, you know, and small ways can lead to bigger ways. But if you just think small and just think, you know, how can I, how can I be the best version of myself and trust that if I stay in that place, that it will have a ripple effect on others. Um, that's really powerful stuff. You know, that's, that's where really good stuff happens. That's how I've been influenced is by people who stay a steady path and they, they're steady in their words, they're steady in their actions. And over time, you know, it, it, it inspires me to do the same in my life. Um, let's see. I also wanted to talk about um, the power of association to determine our outcomes. And this is a really great quote by um, Christian, a Christian gospel singer named Paul Anenche. And he says, you're going to like this. He says, your association determines your acceleration and assimilation. I'll say that again. Your association determines your acceleration and assimilation. So who you associate with determines how fast you accelerate on whatever path you're on and what you assimilate or take in. You know, it's like if you watch the news all day and then you see someone on the side of the road, like a woman, you know, in a broken down car, you could think she's a murderer. She's, you know, you could think of all these things. But, you know, if you're in the association with people that are, uh, you know, not as fear based, then you might look at that woman and say, here's an opportunity for me to stop and help someone that's in need. And yes, I'll trust my gut and I'll do my due diligence. But I also, um, you know, I'm also I, I'm in the mindset of service and not of fear. So, you know, what we, what we associate with also is something that we assimilate and then it comes through in us. He says, the next thing is your connection determines your collection. So you end up collecting who you're connected with. You, know, you end up collecting things and that can be moods or ideas. And then the last line here is, who you know and flow with determines what you can show. So who you know and flow with determines what you can show. So think about that too. So like who you know, the people you surround yourself with and who you flow with, like who are you moving through time and space with determines what you're going to actually be able to produce. Like great artists who sit together and think together and work together can create amazing masterpieces. And herbalists too, coming together to create wonderful new products and, um, you know, uh, apothecaries, right? So there's collaboration with other like-minded people can really lead to 
having something to be able to share and show. And I, I think about my husband, I know a lot of you follow him. You know, he surrounds himself with some pretty amazing thinkers. And so I'm always so amazed because because of who he associates with, he has all of this really interesting content and stories and things because he's really, he really absorbs in and asks deep penetrating questions to the people that he knows. And from that, he has a lot of content and, uh, and things that are interesting to share. And so we can do that too. All right. And now the last thing I wanted to talk about were the plants. Um, so what if, in, remember that quote that I shared in the very beginning about um, the definition of association? So I'm going to read it again. An organized body of persons with a common purpose. So persons in bhakti yoga, persons is any soul. And so you can have a person in a plant body. You can have a person in a tree body, a person in an animal body. So if we think of plants, we can associate with certain types of plants also to support our sobriety. So for example, you know, what are the triggers for you that lead you to want that extra cup of coffee or to have that drink after work or to reach in the bag of chocolate? <laughs> you know, what is, what is that pattern? What are you looking for? Obviously, you know, you're looking to fill the God-sized hole, but you know, if you can't get to that right away, you know, what is, if you can think about like, I'm feeling really ungrounded, what are plants that are rooting? What are plants that are really grounding? And so maybe you can start to associate with them. So maybe trees, maybe you need to hug some more trees, or maybe there's root medicines. Like my favorites are burdock root, dandelion root, chicory root, ashwagandha root, all of those root medicines are very grounding. So if you feel like I'm feeling really ungrounded, let me find the association of grounding plants. Or on the other side, let's say you're feeling really lethargic and you're having a really hard time focusing or lifting your mood. Then you can think about, well, who are the plants? What kinds of plants really help lift my spirits? You know, what's going to give me a little bit of an energy boost? And for me, I always think of like essential oils and smells. So I think of like peppermint and rosemary and uh, lemon, even though lemon's not connected to those two, but you know, just like you can think about scents that are really uplifting and then bring those in, associate with them, you know, light a candle and put a few drops of rosemary essential oil in there and just start to think about, okay, how do I bring more association with this lightness and this upliftment that I'm looking for? And if you're feeling lonely, which I think is a pretty common thing these days, um, buy more plants. <laughs> you can, you can reach out, you can go to your local nursery. There's always plants there. Even there's plants at like, I don't know, CVS now and weird random places, but maybe you need to, uh, buy some plants and find association by caring and tending for another living being. That's a really good therapy. You know, it's really good for our, our hearts and our souls. So, you know, again, when we're, trying to think about, you know, what do I do to stay on the path of sobriety? And again, not just sobriety from substances, but um, to be moderate in desires or actions, to be temperate and restrained in all things. What, you know, what associations can I put into place? 
who can I call when I'm having a hard time? You know, like, is there, is there someone who I can reach out to when I find myself slipping or I find myself going into these thoughts, right? Like who are your people? Who, who's your crew? And if you don't have one, um, there's, I'll, I'll post some links um, in the description of resources for you. So I'll post some links for AA, Al-Anon, which is a family group for those who have a family member or friends who are alcoholics. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful support group to help you work through addiction within a family system or even a friend system, friendship system. And um, I'll also post um, the link to the Bhakti Yoga community, which is a yoga community that I found to be really supportive and helpful. And sobriety is one of their uh, one of their key tenants on the path. Um, and there's also a Bhakti Yoga recovery group. So for any of you that are in Al-Anon or in AA, there's actually a Bhakti Yoga recovery group through Wisdom of the Sages. So I'll include a link there as well. So there's lots and lots of ways we can find support, we can find good association. Um, so just think about, just start to think, think, think that through. Where can you go to find those people who uplift you and bring out the best in you? And how can you be that person too in the situations you're in, even if they're not ideal? So that's what I have for you today. Um, I hope that was helpful and interesting. If you liked it, um, please share it with your friends. And as always, it's a pleasure to be here to talk with you. And I'll see you guys again soon. Bye.